Currently heard Ghostman Horror Host. Yeah, I was so down. I was nine years old the first time I saw it. A week before Thanksgiving. In 1953, I heard it first, a car idling outside the house. Something was wrong with its, with its motor. My pistons turned slower than they should. I stared into the shadows for a while, listening to the sound growling, growling engine. My crossing velocity got the better of me. The winter was a record break of a cold. I caught a chill the second my feet hit the floor. I looked out my window. I saw it parked on the street below. A new hearse. The street lights gave it gave it the black paint, a dark glimmer. Every other car on the street wore a layer wet grime, but the hearse was pristine. Must have just rolled off the assembly line, I thought. That's all I remember about the first time. I'm not sure how long I stood at the window, watching it chug grey exhaust into the night air. I woke to my mother, batting me out of sleep. I have to tell you something bad, honey, she said. Your granddaddy passed away during the night. I remember how my eyes immediately watered as my mind fixated on the black hearse. You were glad to see him for a minute. My mum my said, he's still in his room. I nodded, wrestling with what, I, what I've seen and what happened. Your brother doesn't know yet, she added. Her father had worked the night shift. He was still in his police uniform, sitting next to Grandpa's body. I closed his eyes, he said. I took the complete stillness of Grandpa's face and Bruce's hand that was below his quilt. Every day is precious. Every day is precious, my dad said. You know that now, don't you? Yes, sir. Mr. Bell, the town's undertaker, showed up late in his own house, which was clean but much older than one I seen last night. And it was a bright enough boy to figure out what happened. My grandpa had been sick. I was worried about him, the worried about the spooky us in my dreams. I almost told my parents about it. They were busy, full, and grieving at some point. I forgot about the nightmare house. I didn't think about it again till 1975. By that time, I had followed in my father's footsteps and gone to work on my, at first state as a trooper.
At night of April of 75, I'd worked a seven car accident on the interstate. I was phoning home late, irritated. I missed my dinner with my family and that my plate would have to be reheated. We were ten years old and we lived in that nice three bedroom with wide driveway. That's where the damn thing was waiting for me. It looked brand new again, sleek and black, full of chrome, buff to a high shine. I knew it was the same house. I recognized the off-kilter engine. The sight of it made me jam the brake pedal down near through the floorboard. Lawyer forced the tights, don't freeze. Whatever, I locked up right then. Every memory from that cold night in 53. Flooding back to me in a clammy wash, I gawk at the hearse, its tail lighting, gleaming red in the night, and one thought went screeching through my mind. Oh, the boy, I sat there for a few moments longer, my heart galloping, my throat too tight to swallow, then I got hold of myself. I chased bad guys a hundred miles per hour, and even been in gunfights. The career criminals. I was the wrong man to mess with. In my mind, the hearse was going to find it out. Not my boy. I swing out of the out of the car. My right hand already on my service weapon. A second later, I was at I was at that hearse driver's side window. Gun raised. Finger on the trigger. Get out of there. Get you. Get out of there. Nobody's leaving with you tonight. I heard the front door of the house open, looked to my left for just a second, saw your mother in the driveway and thought she looked so beautiful, like she had the first time. I laid my eyes on her. I started to yell, stay inside. She didn't need to see whatever I was to yank out of that hearse. And I looked back at the driveway. The car was gone. I only glanced in the direction a fraction of a second. I'm sure I kept it off the car and it leaved me back in windows. Get my fresh old vision in time and time. Yet it's gone. What are you doing? I must I must have looked like the biggest fool to her. Standing near my forty five aimed at the empty driveway. My cruiser in the street. Door open. I put the gun away quick. Are you right? Uh, I told her. I explained later. I told her I was running a scenario in my head. Cop stuff, I said. She didn't believe it. Your mum is far too smart for lying a ball like that. I instinct must have told her to let it go. Because though she didn't press me about it, I was happy to be home with my wife and son. I went to the room kissed your head. I was still watching you sleep. When my mother called and gave me the bad news, my father had died. I'm not ashamed to tell you, even I wept for my dad, I was bad, with him and not you. He got him to be everything the husband and father had always been. It was not lost to me, though, that both my granddaddy and my dad had died in their own beds. I told myself the man who gets to go over 
go roll under his cover, is a lucky soul indeed. Your grandmother passed away two years ago, a cancer gored into her skin and bones. Her death still came as a shock. There'd been no terrible hurts to warn me. The next day I saw it was it was in nineteen eighty two. By then I became a field training officer. And most days I had Rocky Trooper running gun shop, learning the train. It's a clear in the June when nightmare hurts. Keen and any car a showroom door pulled up beside me. The referee didn't know what God decided. I suppose a hearse just wasn't his to see. A few miles down the road it leapt ahead. It's chopped in engine grinding in a hot well. I watched it creep into my lane and disappear. I swear the car left as easy as I glazed out. Once it switched, it switched off, it off. I grab my heart in my stomach, I ran over the facts from my head. My grandfather's in 48, my father in 75. All I could think about was my family, especially you. You still a kid, please don't, not my boy. Dispatch gave us a 10 line return to the station. Then we got, when we got there, Lieutenant told me to phone home. Your mum told me what happened to my brother. Uncle Phil had never been in the law, Simon said. He, Don Will, the world he was chosen. He's a senior vice president for an advertising agency. He liked the job so much, he hardly never took a day off. When he cancelled all his permits and stayed home with a room four days in a row, it's only right that one of his colleagues would check on him. He hadn't been in the flu after all, been infection around his heart. Bill was only 42. In the years that followed, I wondered why you hadn't shown up when your grandmother died. Then when your mother left this world, there was no black purse to foreshadow the heart attack. I understand both of the good memories had taken the name Harrington, but they haven't been Harrington by blood. It only comes from us. It's an omen. I bet it's been in the family since it was a horse, a buggy, training us, wanting our days to end. Now I know something else about the car. I learnt it tonight when our youngest boy was talking our heads off. He was making up stories the way little kids do sometimes. You see, son, the hearse kids the generation. It must be you must, because you looked surprised when you described it. Like they use at funerals. It was there, honest. I sh should have asked him if it was new, pretty sure it was. I mean, he was always new. I oh, must be perfect. If you can figure out that, that means you're a smarter man than me. Maybe one day, when you were a boy, a little older, you can show him this letter. Maybe he'll know. That's all I have to tell you, my son. So I'm calling it a night. Time for me to get some rest.
I'm like kind of tired. That makes me unafraid. I love you. I hope you always do that. In the end, I guess that's all we really have before the hearse takes us away. Hell, my own bed. I'm a lucky man.